Welcome to Disillusioned, a weekly podcast investigating the myths and common misconceptions we all know of, but know nothing about. Each week, your hosts, Stevie and Bailey, discuss cases on a specific theme in an attempt to demystify the history and validity of them, and hopefully understand a little more about the world around us. Hi everyone, I'm Stevie. I'm Bailey. Uh, we hope you're all kind of recovering from, oh, I mean it's so ongoing, mm-hmm. the election blues. Um, well it's not finalised, so which kind of just means you're tearing off the wound slowly. Can they just rip that fucking band-aid off already? Mm-hmm. This is actual agony. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> it has been really good. I got a new job, so um, that's why... We had a week off because I was just destroyed. Mm. So it's been really good. I've been working like double the hours I'm used to, which is yeah. just normal people hours really. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not used to it. But it's been awesome. And yesterday we had our first like summer's day and I wasn't at work. And I were in my pajamas until like 11. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's a lie. One. I, mm-hmm. I wish it was 11, but it was one, let's be honest. <laughs> and also, there was a Will and Grace marathon on TV. Oh, nice. From 10.30 to 8.30. <laughs> I um was like, oh, Will and Grace, that's just like cringe, whatever. <laughs> and then watched an episode and I was like, oh my God, I don't think I've ever watched it properly. Oh. It's really funny. We used to watch it as kids, but I we weren't allowed to. Has it, has it aged okay? Yes. Okay. It was really funny. Oh, like, good. me and Ants were both watching it, like, cracking up. Like, it was... The cringest thing about it was their style, and that's not even... Oh, but I love Deborah Messing. Mm-hmm. Like, I have such a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And I love Megan Mullally as well. Right? Base. Yeah. So, so that was actually really fun. Mm. And yesterday was, like, my day off. Mm. Like, proper. Like, I'm going to sit back and relax and sleep Gosh. in and, you know, do whatever I want. And it was the best day. So I'm feeling really good. I'm kind of half asleep at the moment, yeah. but I'm feeling really good. <laughs> Should we tell everyone what our theme mm. is this week? Yes. Um, so this week's episode, we're looking into um, children's fairy tales and stories. Um, I think we've just done one each. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so basically the idea is that they're like folklore or myths for kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of like looking at what people are kind of taught and assume is mm a good lesson yeah and how it's I guess changed I think I think we're both doing them from quite a long time ago so it's quite interesting to look at what morals and values people held dear to them then versus now yeah because fairy tales I guess are stories of morality Mm -hmm. and always teaching a kid a lesson yeah yeah and so it's kind of interesting the lessons that are in Mm. some of the stories that we're told as kids yep it's super fun Uh, so my case this week is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> uh, I decided to look in the, into this one because it's stuck with me since childhood um, and mostly because of his name, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also because I have like a vague recollection of it being maybe super creepy. Yeah. And so I just wanted to talk about the origins of it, but first I thought I should actually reread it because it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, so, just quickly, for those of you who don't know, Rumpelstiltskin is a fairy tale that was published in the 1812 edition of Children's and Household Tales by the Brothers Grimm. 
So chances are, if you know of it, this is the version you're familiar with. Okay. Are you familiar with it at all? No. So the only thing I know about the story is I watched Shrek 3 or 4, one of one of the like later ones recently, and it was like all based around that story. Oh, okay, cool. And I was like, I'd only heard the name because the name mm. is so, it so sticks with you. Yeah. My brother used to say Rumpelstiltskin. <clears throat> oh, no. Why? Why? Yeah, so that's all I know of it, and I don't know how accurate it is, so tell yeah. me. All right, so I started reading their version, and the first passage got me shook. Really? Yeah, so I thought that could be a good place to start. So, <clears throat> once there was a miller who was poor, but who had a beautiful daughter. Of course. Well, thank goodness for that, so... Now it happened that he had to go and speak to the king, and in order to make himself appear more important, he said to him, I have a daughter who can spin straw into gold. The king said to the miller, That is an art which pleases me well. If your daughter is as clever as you say, bring her tomorrow to my palace, and I will put her to the test. And when the girl was brought to him, he took her into a room which was quite full of straw, gave her a spinning wheel, and a reel, and said, Now set to work, and if by tomorrow morning early you have not spun the straw into golds during the night, you must die. So That's um, pretty intense. Yeah, so that's the setup. So uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts so far? It has nothing to do with the Shrek story. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. I don't know where that came from, but... Um, that's, that's interesting. Why is it always something or death? Yeah. Why is everything something or death? Yeah, I know. It's, um, I guess it's to, I mean, there would be no story, right, if he wasn't going to kill her. Yeah. Because she would just be like, no, fuck you, bye. Okay, so is the, so it's kind of set up like. Men are dicks. Like the dad was lying though, right? Yeah, he was lying. There are different versions where it's like he was just bragging like on his doorstep and he was like, my daughter, he, my daughter's hair like shines like gold, like blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And she dances like the moonlight on water and all this stuff. And then the king's like messenger Take- took it literally right, 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 and right, passed right. it on. Um, so anyway, the rest of the tale goes like this. Mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin offers to help her in return for giving him her possessions. This goes okay at first, but she is, uh, but as she is successful, the king demands more of her. Eventually, he offers her his hand in marriage if she can spin lots of straw into gold. But it's not really an offer because it's like, oh, well, you can spin the straw into gold and marry me or I'll kill you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much just dating now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she's <laughs> she's all out of stuff to give to Rumpy, so. Rumpy, <laughs> so he <why>? says, <laughs> So he says he'll do it for the price of her firstborn. She agrees and marries. After she has a kid, he turns out to claim it, and she's so upset that he offers her a deal. Wow, she's so lucky. If she can figure out his name in three days, she can keep her baby. She sends a messenger off into the surrounding areas to find out people's names. Just generally, like, all the names she can possibly learn. Just surveying, really. Yeah. Sam was like, when I was reading this to my sister, when I was reading this to her, she was like, oh, so it's the start of the modern census. (laughs) (laughs) And for the first two days, uh, she's unsuccessful. On the final day, uh, the messenger walks through the woods and spies Zoll Rumpelstiltskin singing a song where he brags that he's going to score himself a baby because no one knows his name is Rumpelstiltskin. So. Well, okay. 
So he's, I mean, that you have three days mm-hmm. to never say your own name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Surely you don't go around singing it. Nope. Okay. It's pretty stupid. Um. So obviously when he turns up day three, she's like, "Oh, is it da 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 or da da da, or could it be Rumpelstiltskin?" When she says this, he's so angry that, and I quote. He plunged his right foot so deep into the earth that his whole leg went in, and then in rage he pulls at his left leg so hard with both hands that he tore himself into the end. That's the end of it. That's the end of the story. So uh, what what do we think the message is with this little fella? Because it is just wild. Um... Don't lie, because a little man will turn up and take your baby. But she didn't lie. No, well, de- she did, I guess, the because dad. she was like, I did it. Okay, don't lie, because a little man will turn up and take your daughter. No, will take your daughter's child. Um, and then you just have to do a census to find out. Name. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, don't. Okay. Don't do a wager with someone to try and find out your name and then sing the name. That's very good. That's okay. very good. Um, don't don't call your own bluff. Like I don't don't show your cards. But then that's like we're siding with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um. Don't. Just don't, don't. offer up your <laughs> unborn child because you might want it. <laughs> you kind of might want it yeah I mean what if you're making a nice stew why don't okay if your dad gets you into all this shit when it's like marry me or die you go to your dad and go you get me out of here you, you get me real out of here person. you get me a horse you get me like 12 months of food and you tell me where to go mm-hmm. and I'll go the opposite way because I don't trust you because you're a psycho idiot yeah uh, so, <laughs> I found out that Rumpelstiltskin translates from German to Little Rattlestilt. And okay. a Rumpelstilt is a type of goblin that makes noises rattling planks, which is similar to the alternate word for poltergeist, Rumpelgeist. Which is, <laughs> which is less scary sounding. Yeah, which is the bang about ghost. The story is huh. commonly associated with Germany and is believed to be around 4,000 years old. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. The tale has versions in Dutch, Portuguese, Japanese, Spanish, Czech, Russian, Swedish, Danish, Urdu, Norwegian, French, Turkish, Italian, and many more languages and cultures. Cool. Uh, there's also a common telling where he wants her, not her baby. Mm. So, um, yeah, it has a wide reach in media. George Orwell's 1984, Jonathan Carroll's novel Sleeping in Flame, John Katzenbach's novel The Analyst, um, I'm pretty sure that was a that was a um, Matt Damon action <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, Savia Peralta's. Oh, I don't know if that's a B or an R. My writing is terrible. Love it. Um, guess my name. Eminem's <laughs> song, The Monster, the TV series, The Closer, just to name a few. Wow. I also discovered that there is a Rumpelstiltskin principle which highlights the importance of using personal names slash titles in psychology, management, teaching, and trial law, which kind of highlights one of the main things I noticed 
that a lot of the media the themes have replicated in seem to think the most important things in the fairy tale are the whole name thing and Rumpelstiltskin's physical appearance. So I remember being read this tale as a little kid and reading it now I'm like, the fuck is a kid meant to get out of this? Um, especially in New Zealand culture where it's awkward as hell if you use someone's name a bunch of times in conversation. Is it? Yeah, like, if someone's like, hey, Stevie, how are you going, Stevie? Yeah. I think Ants has probably said my name, like, three times in our whole relationship. Yeah. And every time he does, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> I had... And it's not that we give each other pet names. You just, you talk to someone. Yeah. And if you're looking at them, then they know it's you. You yeah. don't have to be, like, so Bailey. Yeah. And I think also because, like, in English we have, like, you. Yeah. And, like, those kinds of... Yeah like, personal pronouns that we use, and so it kind of eliminates the need to say mm-hmm. someone's name all the time. Um, but, yeah, like, I had this ex-boyfriend, and I would never say his name in conversation. Yeah. And I also didn't think he suited his name, and so I would go to introduce him to people and completely blank on what his name was. No. Yeah, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> but I'd be, like, go through all the names I thought he suited and then be like, what? oh, it's this. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't do that with Blake, though, so... Oh, that's good. Thank God. He suits that name. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... Yeah, it survived 4,000 years, and why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you noticed that, like, a lot of kids' stories are super violent? Mm. And yet, there's this, like, worry about violence now. Yeah. But kids' kids stories now are so fluffy. Yeah. You know? Mm. That... There's some awesome ones, but there's just... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I read a really thorough character character study that paired the Rumpelstiltskin character to the mythology and folklore of the time it was circulating in an attempt to understand his motivations. Um, it pointed out that Rumpelstiltskin isn't a straight up-and-down bad guy, as he does help the miller's daughter, and he doesn't simply take the baby and her belongings when he so easily could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm. there's heaps to unpack in this analysis about fairies, spirits, demons, dwarfs, um, uh, minline, which I read about what it is, and now I've completely forgotten, <laughs> um, attitudes towards children and social struggles. So I can post a link to the article because it was real interesting. Um, but basically the conclusion of the article um, is as follows. Rumpelstiltskin is most likely some form of deity or ancestor spirit seeking to help his people by raising a king who will actually be good and a child which he loves. Unfortunately, in order to do this properly, he must play the role of a villain, a role at least half of his dual nature is not comfortable with. This is why he tries at first to give the miller's daughter a chance to keep her baby. In the article, it's discussed that the tearing himself into is the resolution of his duality as he can't have the baby and his people are fucked. Um, His good triumphed over his evil, or did his pity screw over his people? Of course, none of this is actually within the text as Mm. we know it, and it's some pretty complex shit for a kid to get. (laughs) And like, just on that note as well, you can be like, oh, he was, you know, he was a real guy and it was a real good guy and it was like this dual personality thing mm. or whatever. But I feel like it comes back to what we talked about in the romantic comedies case where mm. it's just like, you still can't justify it. If he wants yeah. to take a kid, you can't be like, oh, but he's doing it for the greater good. That's like what cults say. Yeah, totally. For the greater good. Oh, I, I can see into the future. I know what's the right thing to do. So I'm yeah. going to take this baby. Yeah. Is the 
just the crux of it. Yeah, and also, um, like, one of the things that I realised that is that if I look into it this way and I just, like, look purely at his motivations, then it kind of takes the position that the, like, Miller's daughter or the Queen, like, we should take that for granted that she would be in that position Mm -hmm. when it's, like, not really okay. Like, she's been put in this position and we're like, oh, well, it, like, she should have to deal with these things. Yeah, totally. If that makes sense. Um, so fairy tales are obviously, like, sorts of metaphors that are meant to teach kids lessons about life um so if we're taking the position that like the queen is in well the miller's daughter like should be like she's been fucked over by her dad Mm -hmm. and now she's like being fucked over by the king and rumpelstiltskin yeah so like here we're at this place we come to so often in our cases um that it's really not an okay thing to accept is how women should be treated um, she had no agency in the story. She was caught between a rock and a hard place and a hard place. And if I was procreation inclined, I don't think I would share a story like this with a kid, regardless of their sex. That's the end. <laughs> it's just real bleak. That is really bleak. Yeah. Mimosa break. Okay, so the mimosa break that I was thinking of when you were talking... Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't understand what, I was going to do this story and then I was just like, oh no, I want to do this other one. But then you were talking and I was like, okay, what is the moral mm-hmm. of Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is the point of the story? Yeah. Um, well, okay. this is like that whole Ricky Gervais sketch where he's like, True. don't sit on a wall if you're an egg. <laughs> <laughs> but also that, like, the story doesn't say he's an egg, but he's always drawn as an egg. Yeah. Do you think there's any, like, do you think there's anything where it's like he's not drawn as an egg? I don't know. I'm going to type. I feel like we had to research this now. I was just thinking, I was like, what is, oh God, that's a terrifying picture. What is the point of, hum... okay, nursery rhyme. sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. But there's no, there's no why he was sitting on the wall. There's no, he was made to sit up there. Um, what you, have you discovered? You need to see, okay. You see her face right now. It just lit up like she got a present. Okay, so the cover photo. I'm Humpty Dumpty. It has the most darling legs. Like those are legs. Legs just. For days. Watch a nation off. And that hat, and that is amazing. I've never seen Humpty Dumpty look like that before. Wow, what a fox. Right? Yeah, those are some... That's like all pants, though, from what I can see. Is that the early onesie? The early... Oh, my God. Those are some, like, ballet shoes, and then some, like, fancy white gloves. Nice little hat to the side. He's got that that fashion tilt. Also, is it a he? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, we just assume the gender. I Hump, feel like he I would feel, be agent. Oh, I just said he. But I feel like Humpty Dumpty would be agender, right? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they only describe Humpty Dumpty as Humpty Dumpty, not he or she. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty then, had a big fall. Humpty Dumpty, yeah. Couldn't put Humpty together again. Yeah. So why do we assume... And looking at, looking at that picture, that original picture of Humpty Dumpty... I really don't think I could call a gender on that. Yeah. 
Well, oh, here's another one, an illustration from Walter Crane's Mother Goose's Nursery Rhymes showing Humpty Dumpty as a boy. And huh. he, he's just a boy with a square face. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is there, okay, meaning. The myth does not explicitly state this subject as an egg, possibly because it may have been originally posed as a riddle. Huh. There are also various theories. That's an cool. original Humpty Dumpty. Dumpty. So, guys, this is just a little introduction into how we research this sort of stuff. We're just like, what? This is nuts. <laughs> um, I really, I want to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh, he was in Through the Looking Glass. I don't know what that is. Uh, like I, Alice in Wonderland? Oh, mm. uh-huh, that it would actually fit. With that picture or that illustration of Humpty Dumpty at the top, I would be like, oh, yeah, you'd fit into that yeah. world. Mm. Well, it's, I guess... Like, they kind of remind me a little bit of, like, Tweedledee and Tweedledum yeah. about it yeah. for some reason. But mostly because of the Disney cartoon. True. Which I love. And also, Humpty Dumpty's, like, makeup in that illustration is, like, the Red Queen. What's the... Mm, the Queen of Hearts. The Queen of Hearts. It's, like, very makeup-ish like that. Yeah. So, listeners, mm. if you guys have any insights into what you think the point or the moral or the meaning of Humpty Dumpty is like just opinions love to hear it or maybe it's to teach us about the assumption of genders and gender binary Ooh. um okay so my case starts with Hans Christian Andersen mm. who was born in Odens, Denmark, on the 2nd of April, 1805, to an educated father and an uneducated mother. His father used to read him Arabian Nights. It's like mm-hmm. a famous thing, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even look it up. I was like, that's famous, everyone knows what that is. I don't, but everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a rumour that Hans was possibly the illegitimate son of King Christian VIII. Ooh. Mm. Saucy. Yep. Um, so following his father's death, he received a basic education at a school for poor children, which is just sad. Why is it called that? Mm. And had to support himself working as an apprentice to a weaver and a tailor when he was a child. This just sounds like a fairy tale already. Right. So at 14, he moved to Copenhagen, hoping to begin a career as an actor at 14. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, their life expectancy was shorter then. True. <laughs> um, and with his excellent soprano voice, he was accepted into the Royal Danish Theatre. Well, that's not going to last. Then tragedy struck. He hit puberty? Uh-huh. <laughs> and his voice changed. Him. So he began to write instead. Mm. So Was he a bad singer after that? I didn't say that he was a, it was a bad singer. It just said that his voice changed. Mm. So he kind of had to change yeah. yeah like what everyone think, thought was going to happen with Justin Bieber and then it kind of didn't yeah his voice only got better I know that's all I could think about when I was reading this yeah. <laughs> so in 1837 his first volume of fantastic tales instead of fairy tales Aww. like they called it fairy tales but then they were like the Danish translation the straight translation was fantastic tales and I was like that's way better yeah exactly well is is fantastic, like, derived from fantasy? I don't know. Is, like, fantasy the root word? I'd buy that. Yeah, because it's, like, like, full of fantasy. Fantastic. Mm. I don't know. 
I'm making shit up. Continue. I like it. We're, we're, we're debunking myths and creating our own. I know. <laughs> so. That's all we've ever done. I know. So, yes, his first volume of Fantastic Tales was published. The collection comprised of nine tales, including The Tinderbox. Mm. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. We, I think we had a big book of um, Hans Christian Andersen. Okay, but... The Tinderbox. Mm. So all I could think was he's he could obviously see into the future or travel through time and space. Mm. And before I kept going, I had to look look up what it was about. And it was <laughs> it just said it's about a story a story about a soldier who acquires a magic tinderbox, which is capable of summoning three powerful dogs to do his bidding. And I just wrote, Am I overtired or is this cold? <laughs> <laughs> it's and, very good. Yeah. So also, The Princess and the Pea, Thumbelina, The Little Mermaid, and The Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. These weren't recognised as works of genius and sold poorly, mm-hmm. as always. It's always, like, yeah. later in their time. In 1843, he published the story we're going to talk about today, The Ugly Duckling. We had um, a little videotape that had quite a few of those on it, like little cartoons. Cool. It was really nice. That would be really cool. So, although I enjoyed it as a child, I think even then I un- understood that it was from a very different time. Mm. I always wanted to do a case on the story, and I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to reread it, kind of. Kind mm. of glad, kind of not. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and see if I was remembering it wrong. But unfortunately, what I remembered was actually quite sugar-coated. Okay. So, the amount of socially acceptable, and, like, I realise that they're animals and it's a children's story... But children and parents look to these kind of stories for moral lessons, so the amount of socially acceptable bullying throughout the story mm. is just upsetting. Yeah. Everyone treats the ugly duckling like crap and teases him, and there's no lesson that this is wrong. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, yeah, every, of course. Of course yeah. everyone would tease him because he's different. And I think also, like, the... F- the idea that someone can be objectively ugly mm-hmm. is, like, yeah. not okay. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be called the ugly duckling. Like, no. it should be called the different duckling or something. Like, yep. he's just different and they bullied him for that and that's not fair. Yeah, because, it, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, then, this bit that I completely blanked out of my brain... After a life of bullying and social exclusion from peers, the duckling sees a flock of beautiful swans and decides that it's better to be killed by such beautiful birds than to live a life of ugliness and misery. So it's like, oh, if you're ugly, quote-unquote ugly, you should just kill yourself by things more, quote, beautiful than you. And I was just like, seriously? And And I wrote here, like, coming from New Zealand, who has one of the highest suicide rates, especially in young people, this just, like, fucking sucked. Yeah. Because... Self-image is such a big thing here. And mm. I was like, God damn it. And again, I know it's a children's story, but still, yeah. like, it's what is normalised yeah, to children. Yeah, and I wrote, I just started, like, raging. I can, like, read yeah. my, like, rage. <laughs> um, it's like, I always hear people talking about how everything is too PC. Well, I just look outside oh, and read oh. things like this, and I'm like, damn right, is that something to be upset about? Or... Happy that we're trying to be better damn people. Yeah. Like, why is that... Yeah. Why is it like, oh my god, two PC? It's just like, mm. Oh, politi- by co- politically correct, do you mean, like, not marginalising and, mm. like, making people feel bad for mm. existing? Yeah. Because I'm all for that. Exactly. Like, be nice to people. 
Like, I really hate that whole argument that, like, freedom of speech is, like, the most important thing. But it's, like, if you're trying to take rights away from someone else or you're judging someone on something they can't, they have no control over, Mm -hmm. like, then no. Yeah. Like, shut your mouth. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So the lesson, the immediate lesson from this is that you can single out an individual for being different. You can label them ugly because they don't look like you. But if they make major changes to their appearance then you can be friends with them because after so after it tries to kill itself it sees itself in the reflection and sees that it too is a swan Mm. and then everyone and then it's friends with everyone this is like the problem that i also have with like beauty and the beast that the Mm. witch turns up at his doorstep and she's like haggard and ugly you know Mm. haggard and ugly um and then he's like, no, you're ugly, go away. And she's like, oh, well, you silly, because I'm actually beautiful. And it's like, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you're obviously a bad person, so. Yeah. Right? It's stupid. Like, everyone, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what's the lesson there? Like, don't be mean to ugly people, because they might secretly be beautiful. <laughs> like, what? And also, like, stop saying, like, that someone is objectively, mm. like, I think that's just yucky. Yeah. So the only moral that I could find that I liked from the story, because I really had to think about it. So so the, the thing about the story was that it was a swan that grew up in a family of ducks, mm. right? And so the story is kind of depressing. And as an adult, I think it's important to realize that people can be cruel to you if you're different for nothing yeah, and they can be, like, awful to you if you don't fit into their mould yeah. of what they think is amazing. And it's it's not you, it's them. Mm-hmm. But kids aren't going to pick up on that. That's, yeah. like, reading between the lines, and they're just going to be like, mm. oh, if they're different and ugly, then you can be mean to them. Mm. And when they're beautiful, you can be friends with them, and it's fine. Yeah, like, the is the idea that, like, don't compare apples and oranges. Like, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, what is... The lesson's not very good or clear. No. And it's also like, oh, now that they know the um, the measuring pole to judge this swan by, mm. they can accept him yeah. because they have a metric. Like, yeah, that's totally. very odd. Totally. It's never wrong in the story to, like, like this, the ugly duckling is, like, sad. Mm. That's the only, like, negative thing about everyone being awful. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, like not don't be mean to people. Yeah, just don't be mean. Yeah. So that's my like oh, depressing case. I think both both of us we start off being like, oh, this will be fun and funny, and no. then we're just like, oh, everything is terrible. We should we should do a case where like we just find some really positive thing to do, even if it's mm. not on the same theme, and just have a really happy one. Yeah. Because we. I don't know what. <laughs> Like, when we're debunking these things or, like, talking about misconceptions, it always gets so grim so quickly. Yeah. Do you think that's us or do you think it's them? I think it's both. (laughs) (laughs) But I think also, like, the way we analyse things, like, we're predisposed to see the bad in them. Yeah, totally. Is that too harsh on us? No. Okay. (laughs) No, no, totally. Because the way you perceive things is by constantly comparing it to your life and your experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And within the framework that you have inbuilt into you. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
That's just how it is. If anyone wants to guest star who is one of those like exceptionally happy people, oh, we'll probably get annoyed by you, but you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> you should just come on. Like, hold us to account for our negativity. Yeah, be, like lift so. us up. Lift us up. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the all of the above. And um, we release every Wednesday on SoundCloud and also on iTunes, which you can subscribe to. And if you have any ideas for themes or cases or anything, then um, send us an email or comment on anything. Um, our email address is disillusionpod at gmail.com. Have a great week and don't forget to eat your veggies.